Thanks, Matt. Uh, look, Tom Paragudoff, uh, Apollo uh, Silver. Uh, I'm the president and CEO, and we are a, uh, a pure silver play uh, group with uh, focus on uh, tier one jurisdictions right now with two fantastic projects in uh, in the US. Tom, good to see you, sir. We saw you um, in London back in November. Um, all yeah. well and good over there? All well and good. It, uh, yeah, it's good to see you again. And yeah, we've been busy since we saw you in November. Well, that's what I want to hear um, uh, about. But um, first of all, I got to start with the recent press release. Um, I want to understand sure. it, why it happened, what, what was going on, uh, future money trends. Uh, in the news yeah. with you. Yeah, no, look at, um, you know, go back to uh, to July when we put the story together, we had closed the financing and the feedback we had from the financing was that this, we've really got to get the story out uh, in the US to, uh, to both retail and institutions, it'll be very attractive. And so we looked around and, and uh, you know, FMT have got a fantastic exposure uh, and following down in the U.S., not just the, from the U.S., but also from the silver side. <clears throat> if you look at their track record with guys like First Majestic and others, it, they're a powerful group. And so we uh, we, we got in uh, uh, to a, an IR marketing arrangement with them. Um, <clears throat> uh, we got ahead of the game a little bit uh, from uh, the, the TSX approval process. Uh, it wasn't until January till they opened the file. Uh, by then, we'd already, uh, as I, as, as I, as I've said to others, uh, you know, the horse had pulled. Uh, the TSX came back, and they had some queries uh, that uh, we couldn't address to their satisfaction, and so uh, we terminated uh, the uh, agreement. And you know, now we're looking forward to how do we backfill that? Because obviously, we still want to ensure that we are getting the story out uh, in the U.S. And, and so that's really the focus for us now. So what, what, why did the TSX um, refuse it? What are, what are they looking into? And is this sort of, is, is Future Money Trends, um, you know, going through the same process with other people or is this just in relation to their relationship with you? Uh, look, I, I don't, uh, 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 I can't really comment on, on the relationships with other people, although uh, from what we have heard, there are uh, uh, some other reviews going on of, of, the, uh, of the FMT file. Uh, but really, that's up for them to comment. You know what I can say is the, uh, you know, the exchange uh, uh, made uh, some uh, requirements for us, and we've we've dealt with the issue to their satisfaction, and we're moving forward. Okay, but your your, your company's dealt with it to the exchange's um, satisfaction. But in terms of yep. what what did they refuse, or what were they concerned about in terms of the services they, they want to ensure that any relationship that any publicly traded company has with any IR marketing group uh, it, it is not really designed as a, uh, a pump and dump to allow insiders to trade stock. Okay. And, and that's fundamentally what they were looking at. And, you know, fundamentally, I think, is, as you know, and, and as the TSX understands, you know, Apollo Silver is not that. We raised $53 million back in July uh, to move, uh, to move our, our assets forward. And, you know, they see the work that we're doing and we are moving forward. So they were satisfied on that front. Okay, lesson learned, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Lesson learned. And we move on. Right, so, and let us move on. Um, so like, we did speak in um, November briefly for 15 minutes or so when you're over at the one-to-one. -one. Um, yeah. I kind of liked um, what I heard there. Uh, I'm glad you've come back on. 
So if you don't mind, let's start at the beginning for people who have not heard this story before, uh, perhaps, and get into sure. a little bit more detail. So um, the genesis of the project um, started when, and what was the, what was the big idea? What, what was the plan? Okay, so look at the big idea took uh, uh, root probably uh, 24 months ago. Uh, you know, a, a pure U.S. silver story. I think the the, the market was ripe for a, a new U.S. silver or a new silver story. We looked around at a number of assets. Andy Bowering, our chairman, and myself, and and Simon Clark uh, looked around the world. We looked uh, kicked a number of, of, of tires in in Latin America, uh, and Mexico, and parts of Canada, U.S. all over the place, and. We came upon a, a private uh, entity, Stronghold Silver, that had put together some very interesting assets in, in the U.S. Uh, they had the Langtree and Waterloo uh, properties in California and then a, a significant land package in Arizona Silver District. So uh, in uh, May, we started a conversation with them. That culminated in the amalgamation uh, of that private company into uh, Apollo. And on the back of that, we raised the uh, the $53 million. We purchased the Waterloo resource off of Pan American Silver, uh, and at the same time have, have now become the, uh, the, the the party to the uh, uh, Langtree Option Agreement, which is the neighboring property, and then the earn-in agreement on the uh, Arizona uh, projects. Since then, uh, we've taken uh, the database that we inherited from Pan American uh, and uh, the Athena Silver guys, who were the previous operators of, of the Langtree and Waterloo, which we now refer to as the Calico Silver Project, because the two projects do abut each other. Uh, and, you know, we took a very solid foundation of historic data, Matt. We've got over 430 uh, holes. We've got over 42,000 meters of drilling. We spent a lot of time verifying the data uh, that we inherited. Uh, and we had uh, uh, a number of uh, independent QPs that we had spoken to about doing our resource calculation work for us uh, come to us and uh, tell us that we didn't need to do any confirmation drilling that they were prepared to declare a resource uh, based on the foundation of data that we had. And you saw in uh, in February, early February of this year, uh, we, we announced our maiden resource estimate for a Calico Silver project. Yeah, it, you mentioned a few names there, which um, I think worth probably talking about. So Andy Bowering, I, I know um, reasonably well, met him, met him a few times, and also Simon yep. Clark, who we know, we know reasonably well. So the, the, these are good guys with successful uh, track records. So maybe, can you tell us a little bit about you, what's your background sort of relevant to what you're trying to build here? And then we can maybe get into the project proper. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> look, uh, I've been in this, in the resource development and, and, and resource space for, uh, you know, 30 years now. I uh, started out in petroleum, rapidly learned the error of my ways. Uh, although now I look back and think, hmm. <laughs> but no, look, it, I decided it definitely wasn't for me. Got into uh, mining and, and, uh, you know, I uh, spent 18 years with uh, with BHP Billiton. Uh, 11 of those I was overseas, always in the uh, exploration, uh, advanced exploration stage of the pipeline. Back in 2011, uh, 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 Eric Friedland came to me to see if I wanted to take on the uh, Peregrine Diamond story with him. And it was time I'd been in Singapore for four years as a VP of exploration for, for BHP. And uh, yeah, it was time for a change. Uh, so I left that, joined Eric. We took Peregrine through the uh, resource development and and uh, uh, early engineering studies at Chidliac 
And we sold that to De Beers back in 2018. I stayed with uh, the broader Friedland organization, Robert, uh, doing some things with Robert and uh, uh, met Andy Bowering through Simon Clark, who's a good friend back in, uh, oh God, now again, we're going back a couple of years when we first decided to, uh, maybe we should get a silver story together. Andy and I hit it off. Uh, we have a, a very similar uh, approach. Uh, and, um, you know, in addition to the work I do at Apollo, uh, up until about nine hours ago, I was director of Predium, uh, although uh, <clears throat> no longer. Uh, we all know that's now been uh, gobbled up by, by Newcrest. And I recently joined American uh, American West Metals, uh, which is a, an Aussie junior with projects in Utah and uh, in the Arctic. Okay, that, that that's useful background for everyone um, to understand. Um, so nine hours ago, wow! Yes, hot off the press. Transactions closed. Well done, sir. That was a good so one. So all you shorts out there, I hope you got your positions covered in the last week or so. <laughs> right. Let, let, let's talk about the project in hand. Okay, um, I noticed in the uh, presentation and also releases, you are keen to talk about ESG commitment now. Yeah. Is that in the context of the fact that mining is getting more difficult in the US? We want it, but we don't want it in our backyard. Look, it's in the context of, of uh, what investors are expecting miners be behave like wherever they're operating, okay? Um, look around any company right now and you're going to see uh, a focus on ESG. And you know, depending on uh, the company itself and the values of that company, uh, the, the focus will be more or less. But I can tell you that, you know, in California, uh, you know, one thing I take comfort from is knowing that um, they do have very high standards that everybody is going to be required to meet to get a, a resource development underway. And I think any investor should actually take comfort from the fact that they're going to know if ESG is important to them, anybody operating in California, by definition, has to have a, uh, a a very strong focus on on es you know, on ESG aspects. So you you, you could have gone to Mexico, but you chose the states and Mexico's track record or history in silver mining. Was it because you couldn't find anything down there, or you think you you were thinking actually no, the US just makes better sense for us given the sort of geopolitical turmoil in South America at the moment? What what was decision making? Or was it case of the first thing that came along? I mean, what, what, how did you no, came across this? No, no. Look, it 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 was more the uh, the latter rather than the, uh, the the former. We 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 did make a conscious decision that we wanted to operate in tier one. There's a look the 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 field, shall we say, Mexico, Peru, uh, Chile. Uh, it, it it's a big field. There's a, a you know a lot of people vying for. Uh, for silver dollars down in in those jurisdictions uh and we felt that we'd be better served by uh, differentiating ourselves a little bit uh and the fact that you know the u.s still is very much a tier one uh, jurisdiction um you know look uh, you and i both been in this for a long time i don't know if you saw the news coming out of chile on the weekend but you know, even Chile is now starting to take a little bit and it, of a lurch. Now, whether it's a drift to the left or a lurch to the left, time is going to tell. But things are only getting more and more difficult. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, for, for a number of reasons, the, the, the U.S. is a great jurisdiction to be operating. Okay, so let's talk about this money that you raised. Um, how much have you got left? Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Treasury right now, about $15 million. Um, 
And we've got about 4 million Canadian and in the money warrants that are now coming in. They expire in the April end of May. Okay, so, you, so you, you've, uh, you've, you've ripped through the money. So tell us exactly what you've done with that. Because if you inherited uh, a, a bunch of data, um, but what, yeah. what have you actually done in terms of adding value to the sure, story? Sure. Well, look at, okay, so of the 53, the, the lion's share of that went to uh, the purchase of the Waterloo asset off of Pan American. So, you know, there was, uh, that was, you know, north of, of 30 million U.S., Okay, uh, we bought 100% of it. They've retained a 2% interest. Um, so that's where the big chunk went, obviously. Uh, but since we inherited, you know, the real focus, as I've said, on uh, ensuring the integrity of that database, we've completed our own 3D IP survey, quite a regional survey over both Waterloo and Langtree. Uh, we've received the results or incorporating that into our 2022 work, uh, work program. Uh, we did some mapping and, and, and sampling out at Waterloo and Langtree. We had, um, uh, because what they, nobody's ever held both properties, okay? Even though they abut each other, nobody's ever held both properties. So we wanted to get a consistent mapping across. So we had Warren Pratt come across from the UK. He did all the uh, work for, for Pan American. So he's now completed um, uh, mapping for us and, and tied together the Langtree and, and Waterloo properties. Okay. Um so you, I think you're quite keen in most of your conversations to talk about this as a resource story, not an exploration story. What, what, yeah. What's that subtle difference mean to investors? You know, look at right now, I mean, if you, exploration stories, there's that exploration risk. You have the discovery risk, okay? And, and back in November when we first spoke, um, I was trying to encourage people to think about this as a resource and resource development opportunity. Even though we were only working on a historic resource, I knew at the, that time the strength of the database that we had. We've now confirmed with our resource statements that we made in February that yes, okay, in fact, tick. The silver is there, okay? We're now, the, the risk profile of this project has changed. It's changed now into one more of a, an advancing the competence of that resource, which we're comfortable we will do, and turn more now into a, a uh, an engineering type, um, you know, how do you get it out of the ground now story. Right. So it's, okay, understood. So it's, it's about risk. That's what we should be thinking and looking at. It's also quite a big, yes. uh, big number. We're talking about 160 or so million answers. Million 166, is it? Yeah. Okay, fine. Big. It, it is big. Um, when do we get to start talking more about economics? Because it's, you know, it's it's an okay grade, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, was, it was fine. But when, when do we start to understand the economics? Well, well look, at, let me just address the, 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 the issue just raised. The way to look at this is, is, is not like a typical uh, structurally controlled, very high grade epithermal uh, uh, vein deposit, okay, which carries a lot of technical risk with it. If you think about a story recently that came out, these resources get restated quite a bit. My experience with Predium, I think we've all been exposed to those sorts of stories. Think of this more as a Carlin style, okay? Think of this more, uh, the type deposit is Rochester, okay? Coor mines Rochester right now, Nevada, silver. Uh, they mine grades in the neighborhood of 16 to 20 grams per ton, okay? Our resource is you know, let's call it 93 grams per ton, shall we? So, you know, again, it, it's a little bit of a different style of, of story. But to, to, to address the question, you know, around when, looking forward, get the drills turning in March. We want to now convert. We got three objectives with that. 
convert uh, 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 material from inferred into measured and indicated. And I'll just flag that the drill density we have right now supports an indicated. What we need is some more geotech information, uh, according to Stantec, our, our independent QPs. And so we'll, we'll, we'll convert some uh, uh, material into measured and indicated. We want to expand the distribution of that high grade. If you look at the resource that's in our deck and encourage everybody to have a look at the website, we've got some great information there. But you will see at Waterloo, we've got high grade mineralization that is distributed out throughout the length of that. We want to understand the full extent of that high grade. Uh, and then third, we want to understand better the, uh, the gold potential, which we have identified recently. And if you've uh, been following the story, you will know in November, we, we did put out a release that we have identified that there is some real gold potential there. So that work along with the metallurgical work that we are uh, under is underway right now, um, we'll look to incorporate that into a revised uh, uh, 43101 resource statement. And let's call it probably, you know, uh, I'd like to think Q3, but reality is it'll likely be Q4. Uh, and that will then feed into PEA, which will commence late P4, and the results in in uh, early quarter one of uh, 2023. Okay, so that, that, that's that's the timeline for the economics that's come through. Okay, yeah. and um, yeah. in that 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 work is not not I say it's it's no longer a pure pure exploration story. So the right. amount of drilling is that you're going to be required in terms of filling in these any knowledge yeah. gaps you may have. Is there going to be any? Yeah, we so we're gonna we we're, we'll have. We've got a drill program right now planned of about 15,000 meters across okay. both Waterloo and Langtree. The focus will be on Waterloo. Okay. Um, I look at, at Langtree as a nice asset to have in the portfolio, but really it's a brownfield expansion opportunity. It's got a little bit lower grade uh, and it's got a little bit more cover. So the strip ratio isn't quite as beneficial as you see at Waterloo. Got it. But uh, so we'll focus the majority of that drilling at uh, at Waterloo. Okay. So 15,000 meters. How many drills are we talking about? Uh, we'll get the first one kicking off now. We've got a second one uh, in the form of a core rig. We're just finalizing when it's going to start. I think given the, uh, it's only got about 5,000 of those meters to do. So we'll likely look to uh, start that at the end of the, the real hot period. So September. Okay, and what, we, what sort of body are we looking at? I appreciate the, the extent of it, but is this, is this relatively shallow stuff? Look, at Waterloo, the mineralization comes to to, uh, to surface. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's basically the topography works with, uh, work, work, really works with us in this situation. Um, it, it's um, the, a fairly uh, gentle, uh, but but hilly topography. So the, the mineralization forms a a reasonably prominent hill, if you will. Okay, and is that going to make things easier or more difficult if, if when it gets through to this mining stage? Well, I would think easier myself. I'm not a mining engineer, but you know we're dropping down rather than digging a hole. And then there, there's 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 two aspects to that. If you note, know, California has backfill legislation. Okay, if you dig a hole, you fill a hole. Uh, you know, and and we have been told that our case i.e. we're actually just dropping down rather than we're, we're taking the top off a hill rather than digging a hole. Hasn't been tried under that legislation. It will apply, but they don't expect you to rebuild the hill. Well, that, that's comforting. It is comforting. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, was trying, I, was, I was actually trying to do some numbers in my head. I, 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 my, my, my brain only exploded. Um, I, in terms of how much that would, that would cost. Um, okay, so you, that, that's the kind of um, time, timeline through to a, a PEA. Um, understand yeah. that. Obviously, markets at the moment, kind of interesting, a little bit uncertain, yeah. precious metals, yeah. probably main beneficiary of this. Um, we've seen Goldman's come out today and upgrade gold to 2,500. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts around silver? Okay, so let me preface this by saying if I knew what silver was going to do in three years' time, five years' time, you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, however, you know, look, historically, you know, gold as gold goes, silver goes. That's number one. I think also Silver is starting to now build a bit of a differentiation with gold. I think there's an, uh, more of an industrial application that you see in silver in the greening of, 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 the, uh, of the grid and the decarbonization of the grid in the form of, of solar panels. As, as solar panel prices come down, you know, silver demand for those and, and other green technologies is going to increase. Uh, and I think, you know, from a, a demand side, all of the forecasters are saying that demand for silver is set to continue to increase. Um, you know, all things being equal, that should provide some positive uh, movement in the price of silver. We declared our resource at at uh, at um, uh, twenty three dollars a troy ounce. Uh, what's silver trading at today? I know last week it was over twenty five. You know, so I, I it, it is moving in the right direction. Um, I think we were quite conservative. We used a 50 gram cutoff uh, for our, our uh, resource. Uh, the historic operators, both Pan American and Asarco at Waterloo, they had a cutoff of 25 grams per ton. So, you know, I I, uh, I think it's a it's a fairly robust resource, and I think it's great leverage to whatever future silver prices may do. Right. And I'm just I'm intrigued by this, the, the current environment in terms of, you know, certainly retail and even, even the high net worth guys. Um, yeah. We, you and I would have been talking three weeks ago about inflation, supply yeah. chain costs, rising costs to actually get yeah. projects into, into production. Of course, we've yeah. had recent events in Russia, right, in Ukraine, um, which, you know, further complicate things, um, you know, and, Yep. Makes things make decision making a little bit a little, a little bit difficult um, globally, and and I but I think it, it all works towards you know one uncertainty in in the marketplace mm -hmm. for certainly for, for 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 retail trying to work out what to do. Do they hoard cash? Yep. Do they invest? What do they yep. do? And if they do invest, what do they invest in? Um, we're seeing less disposable income because costs are going up. Taxes are going up, um, and the discretionary spend, you know, may change. It's it's a kind of interesting environment for you know company CEOs to to worry about how do they spend their money, how quickly do they advance things, do they take advantage of the current the ebb and flow of the market, or um, do you, are you a little bit more cautious? I mean, how are you feeling? Look, I'm feeling fairly cautious at the moment. Um, you know, we're will we will. Uh, We've got a strong treasury right now that'll carry us through uh, our, our 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 current plan and 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 leave us with a a, uh, a almost two years worth of uh, you know burn rate money in the in the treasury. So I don't feel right now that I'm compelled to need to go out and 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 uh, worry about uh, a, a capital raise. Okay, at the moment. Uh, 
on top of that, I think as we do advance the project, I think that um, investors uh, are they're going to they're, they're still going to be there. Uh, I think this is a good story. I think that some um, uh, strong stories will still uh, uh, attract attention. Uh, and I think we'll start to see people realize the big discount that we currently are trading at when you compare us to some of our peers with similar sorts of stage projects, but not quite the size of the silver resource that we're talking about. Uh, and as that goes up, and then I, I still have a number of derivatives at that point that will be in the money that I, I'm, I can look to rely on to draw additional capital uh, into the uh, into the treasury. So, um, you know, if 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 I was in need of capital right now, I'd likely be retuning some of my plans for 2022, seeing what was nice to have versus uh, you know what was a need to have, uh, just to be a little bit cautious. But that's kind of me by nature. Okay, and so just I know you mentioned it earlier, but I didn't kind of dig into it. With regards to how important could the gold, and I think you also talk about barite as well, as well. How important yeah. could that be to the economics? You know, look at um, it's really early days for this gold story. What I can say is that Bircham mine that is on our property, uh, it was a primary gold producer. Okay, it was producing. The, the the grade is poorly constrained on what that, that uh, mine grade was, but roughly, I think, up to nine grams per ton, okay, which is not to be uh, sort of sneezed at. Um, we know that there is a wide zone of uh, gold, uh, a gold horizon that sits along the contact between the primary host of the silver mineralization, which is the Barstow, and then the, the pick handle uh, volcanics below. Pan American drilled uh, a zone 25 meters, which was uh, uh, running about 0.6 grams per ton. Uh, we know that that horizon has been poorly tested. A Sarco back in the day, they didn't drill dill, dr dip, drill deep holes. That's easy when to I say, say deep, I'm talking 300 feet, right? They didn't, they didn't feel like they needed to pierce that contact. Um, Pan American did a bit of drilling and highlighted that approximately call it a, a, a 500 meters plus away from the Bircham mine, that horizon is still uh, uh, mineralized with gold. And we know that another kilometer north of that, that there remains that horizon. And we know there's alteration along the contact. So, you know, the significance of it is still to be sort of uh, determined, but, I, but I'm kind of excited about the, the possibilities, that's for sure. Uh, the barite, again, um, interesting story on the barite. Um, the first barite to support the California mining industry came out of this district, okay? The, in, the, in, the, in the 40s, they were mining uh, barium at the Leviathan mine to support the petroleum industry. Barite, um, you know, is an industrial mineral. I don't think many people know what it's for. It's not sexy like... Uh, silver and gold um, it look i tell you what it is it's man it, it is a, a critical mineral uh, from the u.s critical mineral perspective they import about 90 percent of their consumption from china and it, it, without barite you don't have a petroleum industry there's probably substitutions you can make but 95 percent of the barite that uh, is consumed globally is by the petroleum industry in, in the form of uh, weighting agents for their drilling fluids. So historically at, 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 at Waterloo, um, barite was included by a Sarco, uh, 
uh, in their feasibility study that they completed. And in the mine plan that they had, they were going to recover the barite. Uh, we want to understand better the distribution of barite because the assay techniques that they used historically were not optimal. Uh, they they um, capped out because it's a, a, a major element. The uh, you know the assay techniques techniques you use for trace elements like gold and silver they cap out, and so we believe that the barite's been underreported. So on, we're not going to even think about what the economics are until we really understand the the, the, the true amount of barite there. And then we'll, we will uh, talk to our metallurgist. Okay, so now we know it's there, can we recover it? And all right, how do we work that in? But we'll talk about that in the uh, resource estimate update and the, uh, and, the, uh, and the PEA will address that. Okay, yeah, look forward to that. Okay, look forward to that one. Um, just, just in terms of the way that you frame the story, you know, like I said, you, you were keen that I understood this as a, a resource development story rather than an exploration story. So you, you think about it. So in, in the same, same breath, um, what type of investor does this suit, your story suit? Because there's this, you know, spec, if, if you want to be a speculator, or if you want to be uh, an investor, those are two very different things. People, you know, conflate them quite frankly, and you know, investing is speculation, um, but they're yeah. not. So, how, how do you profile your investors? Yeah, look at that's an interesting question, and, and I, I would say that it is it is uh, 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 we it, it is moving at the moment. I think right now that people that are in that speculation sort of end of that investor spectrum should really be looking at this story again because of that uh, uh, discontinuity between um, our uh, our resource statement and our valuation. If you look at you know value per EV per ounce silver in the ground and you make some comparisons to our peers, we're very very undervalued, and I think that will appeal to those speculators that are out there. But I can tell you that from uh, um, uh, the institutional perspective, uh, and you know, they, the institutions were provided us great support. Uh, they took uh, down a big, big chunk of the 53 million financing that we did. Let's call it roughly 35 of the 53 went into the hands of institutions. And these guys are patient investors. They're supportive. Uh, they like what we're doing. Uh, you know, they're going to be around, I think, uh, um, you know, for the long haul. Yeah, some pretty big names followed you, you guys on. And I, I guess uh, the Pretium story doesn't, yeah. d- doesn't, um, is, well, it does you a lot of favors as well. So, so that, 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 that's all good. And in, in, in terms of the importance of this project to you now, um, how many other projects are you involved with? And, um, and also sure. when it comes to this, are you, how invested are you? Okay, so look at, uh, you know, our, our, no doubt our primary focus is um, the, the, the Calico Silver project and moving that forward. I said all along, Arizona, the other project, I don't give it a lot of airtime because I said all along, I wanted to make sure that Calico was on the right track and then we would turn some resources to uh, Arizona. And I'm happy to say we're, we're, we're ahead of schedule on Calico. Uh, so we're now focusing on some resources on Arizona. 
you know, here is a, uh, an, a place to get more of those bonanza gr type grades that people are used to from a silver perspective. Uh, hit the, the, we're, we're just north of Yuma. We've got about 13 kilometers of, of strike length uh, uh, that is, is, is um, uh, 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 under, under our, our, we have rights to. Uh, and we've got an exploration program planned there this year. Uh, we'll spend about uh, 850,000 uh, generating targets. So it's mapping some geophysics, get some good drill targets, uh, and we'll get drilling out there in uh, in in uh, uh, quarter one of 2023. And then from uh, another project, yeah, look at now that we understand where these are going, uh, you know, the the uh, the the board has um, you know said time to uh, what else is out there that we might be interested in. And so we've started to, again, go back and we're starting to kick some more tires, again, with a focus on tier one jurisdictions, uh, looking at what's available in those tier one uh, jurisdictions that might make a, a nice fit. Okay, th that's great. What about you though? You personally, in terms of your time, and also how much money have you put into this thing? How important is this? Um, company Apollo Silver to you now. Apollo is my uh, obviously my number one focus. I you know I sit on uh, 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 a, a, another board and I won't get overboarded because I don't think that serves um, anybody's purpose. Uh, but this is this is one hundred percent you know where my focus is uh, and will continue to be until we uh, until we come to our. Uh, exit and, and that exit will, you know, I'll be there with all the other shareholders. Right. And if you put money in yourself or, or how, yep. how have you structured all yep. of that? And I continue to put, I continue, I continue to, uh, uh, to put, uh, to, to put money in and, uh, and will, and will continue to put money in moving forward. Okay. What, what's the, what's the board hold in terms of its position as a percentage? Oh, geez. Uh, I think probably total insiders, and if I broaden that out and include, well, in fact, I won't even broaden it out to include. I think the board uh, and all insiders were sitting currently at about 12 to maybe 15%. Uh, the number is a bit of a moving feast because a lot of the in-the-money warrants that are being exercised right now are all held by, you know, uh, uh, insiders. Okay. Tom, thanks for coming on catching up and um, kind of broadening my understanding about what, you, what you're doing here and, the, and the t more importantly, the timeframes as well. So appreciate your time. Stay in touch. Yes, we will, Matt. It's uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, man.